What happens? What does it mean when that line on a hospital monitor goes flat, when nothing changes, when there is no longer any ups and downs being drawn out on the paper or on the screen? When you take off the costume society made you believe you had to wear, it's like a whole new realm of possibility opens up. And that's what I want to talk about because this is how we change our lives. This is how we change the world. This is love. This is family. This is sisterhood. My name's Jen, and this is the Love Lasting Podcast. Hello, happy Tuesday. Who else is loving spring right now? Going for walks, enjoying the sun. I love seeing all the greenery come back to life. I love seeing people all over the streets going for walks, kids playing. I love all the life that just emerges in the spring. Anyway, I hope you've been able to get out in the sun and enjoy all the new life as well. A few days ago, I was watching a sad guru video and there was a point when I had to pause it and I just kind of sat there for, I don't even know how long. You know that saying, it was like the weight got lifted off my shoulders. I used to think, That it was just a saying, a figure of speech. I didn't think people could actually feel it. But in that moment, I legit felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I had this new sense of clarity. What he said was something along the lines of, If you're resisting change, you're resisting life. If you want an unchanging life, essentially what you're looking for is found at your grave. And I felt that. It was like a sucker punch right to my gut because I've pretty much lived my entire life up until recently trying to desperately resist change. I was terrified of it even. I never felt any type of consistency in my life. I never felt fully supported, I guess, safe. And when I say safe, I mean, I never felt like I could just relax. I always felt like at some point in time, the rug could be ripped out from underneath me. And I just lived my life that way for so long. So I developed these habits of trying to create that consistency for myself, trying to desperately find ways to maintain some form of familiarity in my life because I never felt like I had that. As I got older, I'd find myself obsessively arranging my things in a specific way, so much so that I would know if someone so much as changed the angle of something that I placed on my dresser. I'd buy things and I never wanted to use them because I wanted them to stay new. I unknowingly obsessed with desperately trying to keep things the same as much as I could. The problem was, the more I tried to control things, the more out of control they got. But I didn't realize this as it was happening. I only realized it looking back. The consistency I was longing for 
was internal and not external, which explains why no matter how hard I tried to get ahead, get a grasp on things, find some sort of understanding, no matter what I did, I always ended up feeling defeated. I was spending all my time frustrated with the weather when I should have spent that time tending to my house. I remember always saying things like, I feel stuck. I wanted to do all these things, but I'd complain about being stuck. Have you ever felt like that? Maybe you feel like that right now. And so I challenge you to dissect that thought for a minute. What does being stuck actually mean? I imagine a car being stuck in a ditch, unable to be driven out without some form of assistance, or maybe being stuck in a traffic jam. The definition of stuck is to become fixed or unable to move from a particular position or place. It can refer to a physical, emotional, or mental state of being trapped or unable to progress. It's easy to determine why something would be physically stuck, but how would you determine what has you emotionally or mentally stuck? And the answer usually is not being able to decide where to move, not being able to decide where to make emotional and mental deposits, hence that feeling of being stuck. But is that actually being stuck or is that just being afraid to move? And what would cause this fear of movement? It was an interesting moment when I realized that one of the main causes of being scared to move is actually having too much freedom, having too many options. It's one of those things that kind of just makes you take a step back and go, wait, what? No, that doesn't make sense. But think about it. From the second we're born, we're told what to do. We're told what to eat, when to sleep, what to wear. We're technically free, but we have no freedom because what other choice do we really have? We can't communicate aside from crying. We can't even hold our own head up at that point. We are born into these bodies and all we can do is try to adapt and learn how to navigate through life in these bodies, these vessels we're born into. And if you were blessed with a loving family, it was great, right? You got cuddled, fed, bathed, changed. You were adored and loved and cherished. Who needs freedom? At that age, we don't even know what freedom is. Then we learn to speak, feed ourselves, bathe ourselves. But still, we're told how to behave, when to wake up, when to sleep, what to do. We have the freedom to have an opinion. But in the end, usually another opinion holds more power over ours. We basically live our lives being told what to do, having our choices made for us. Then we become adults and it's like immediately overnight, we're supposed to wake up and know what to do. We're supposed to make our own decisions and we better make the right ones because they'll affect us for the rest of our lives. At least that's what we're told. And so after living our entire lives being told what to do, now when it really counts, someone is crazy enough to give us the wheel and we're expected to know how to drive, where to go, what to do, where to turn. 
Like, no, thank you. I'll just drive into this ditch and chill there until someone helps me and tells me what to do again. We don't trust ourselves. How could we? We have no practice. Be honest. If someone magically came into your life and could assure you that if you listened to them, you'd live your best life forever, wouldn't that be amazing? Would that not be amazing? But there is someone who can do that. There is a magical being that already exists in your life with all these answers for you. We're just trained not to trust them. And so we constantly live in fear of not knowing who to listen to. There's too much noise and we have too many options. We're trained so well to listen to what we've been told that we no longer know whether what we choose to do is what our heart actually wants or if we chose it because of the programming we're so used to following. This constant turmoil that consistently lives in our heads, the constant bickering of our hearts and our brains, the fear of moving in the wrong direction, it's enough to drive a person insane. And I'm sure many of us have experienced this at some point in our lives. I sure have. A lot more times than I care to admit. But if you allow yourself to get so quiet and you listen, eventually you learn to recognize your own voice. The more you practice doing that, the more you practice quieting all the noise, the louder your voice gets. And the louder your voice gets, the more confident you become at listening to it, at recognizing it, at knowing that's the right answer. If we are stuck, it means we chose to be. And as silly as it sounds, if you feel stuck, that's a good feeling to have because it means that deep inside you know you were meant for more. It means that something stopped you in your tracks. You took a look around and decided this isn't right and you stopped. And yes, you might feel stuck, but that's just because you're too scared to choose. You're too scared to move because maybe you haven't learned how to quiet the noise enough to know which voice you want to listen to. Or maybe you haven't taken the time to find clarity in what you believe your mission in life is. You don't know your purpose and without a mission or a purpose, how do you even begin to decide which direction to go? Allowing yourself to remain stuck is equivalent to resisting change and thus resisting life. When we fear what could come next, we no longer want to move forward because it's scary. Even if we're in horrible situations, how many people have stayed at a job they hate or in a toxic relationship because, well, at least we're used to it. At least it's not scary. It just sucks. Resisting change means resisting life. Hearing this made so many things make sense. And it's something that seems like it should be so obvious. Because it's so simple. Of course resisting change was resisting life. Even a hospital monitor can tell you that. Yet I lived so many years of my life resisting change, scared of change, running from change which left me wanting to live a very materialistic life because I wanted to have things that belonged to me. I wanted things that people couldn't take away from me because I bought them, they were mine. But all this stuff was essentially, for lack of a better term, dead. There were no signs of life in the stuff I was purchasing. It was just stuff. 
I created a life where I was just surrounded by a bunch of lifeless stuff. I had no money. I still didn't feel safe. Worse, actually, I felt lifeless. I'd wake up, go work three jobs so I could buy more stuff. Then I'd try to find a pocket of time to sleep and then do it again the next day. And because the satisfaction of buying things was only a temporary fix for whatever turmoil was going on inside of me, I just kept wanting more and more and more, so I had to work more until I discovered credit. And I'm sure you can imagine the damage I did with that. Eventually, that life led to burnout and severe illness, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially. It's that feeling of you can run but you can't hide. And so in my attempt to resist change, I was resisting life. But the problem was you can't resist life if you're alive. Thus, you can't resist change. What happens? What does it mean when that line on a hospital monitor goes flat? When nothing changes? When there is no longer any ups and downs being drawn out on the paper or on the screen? It means your body is no longer alive, right? And so by trying to control things and trying to create a life where everything was always familiar, never changing, I thought I'd feel safe. I thought this is what safe was. When all I actually succeeded in doing was creating an addiction to self-sabotage, I created situations in my head that were exactly that, situations that only existed in my head. But because I feared them so much, because I gave them so much of my time and attention, they might as well have been real. Until one day, I realized this isn't going to work. And so I turned around to confront all my insecurities and I was forced to stand there staring all my wounding right in the face. And as scared as I was, I knew that if I wanted my life back, if I wanted to feel alive again... I had to stop resisting all the stuff I was staring at. And for a while, it felt like when you're trying to gather up the courage to get into cold water, you know that dipping your toes in to test the coldness won't help. You know it's freezing and testing it will only make you change your mind about going in. That's exactly what it felt like to me. Yet there I was, dipping my toes in, and whenever I could feel any type of emotion creeping in, I'd go running back out. I'd retract, mission aborted. Then I'd try again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And eventually, I got fed up and was like, this is the worst. I'm literally putting myself through hell. I need to decide to either do this or not do this. There was no dipping my toes in anymore. It was a disaster. So I sat myself down and tried to pinpoint exactly what I was scared of. What was quote unquote so painful, so scary that I couldn't face. And the truth was standing right in front of my face. What I was scared of was realizing that all the pain I was running from, all the stories I told myself, all the situations I got myself into, all the people I thought hurt me, everything I thought that was out to get me, actually didn't exist. They were just an accumulation of thoughts that I allowed to become my identity. And so what I was actually scared of was realizing that the person I believed I was didn't exist. And if that person didn't exist, then who was I? Who existed? I was terrified at the fact 
that deep down inside, I had no idea who I was. And as scary as that thought was, it was even scarier to think I might not ever find out if I don't stop resisting change, if I don't start living and appreciating life. And so that's what I did and that's what I'm doing. Because at any point in time, you can change the narrative to your story. At any point in time, you can go back and retell parts that were told wrong. So this is my story to tell and my journey to take. And I'm sharing it here in the hopes that it helps someone else on a journey of their own. At the end of the day, we're all on our own journeys, but we're still living on this floating planet together. And so we might as well enjoy each other's company. That's all I got for now. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so it makes it easier for other people to find the show. I love you to the moon and back. All of you.